what do you get when the audacious and the therapist collide? A crash course in unpolished therapy. Rachel Silvercone and Dr. Boca aren't afraid to spin out of control, tackling all the tough talk. Their weekly sesh meets at the corner of Audacity and Advice, where their wheels and yours get turned upside down. What's up, everybody? Happy Wednesday. It's another week, which means it's another episode where we are ditching the couch. We're grabbing the mic. We are breaking down all the unpolished wreckage. And who is the we I am referring to? Well, myself, Rachel Silver Cohen, and the one and only, my new nickname for her, DB, Dr. Boca. How's it going, Dr. Boca? Happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday to you too. Still loving that nickname. Thank you. I can't wait to get into today's sesh, whatever we're going to call it, and be as unpolished as we can be. You know, it's hard when we do really serious podcasts not to be unpolished because that's just who we are. And so I think we did a very nice job staying polished in our last one, but I'm ready to be a little bit more unpolished if you're good with that. Yeah, well, you know, it's another episode. It's a new day. So it's a new way for us to kind of show our range a little bit. So yeah, we can dive back into more of an unpolished version. With that being said, it's the heat of the summer now and heat being the operative word, I stumbled upon. We haven't been silly a little bit. Talked about the silly shows we watch on TV and how we spend some of our downtime. So I was tipped off about some show on Netflix. And I love being like that TV whisperer a little bit, even though people are whispering to me. So I just want to pay it forward. Someone had tipped me off about a show on Netflix called Get Ready For It. Ready? Okay. Sex life. And like there's like a slash in between sex and life. So I was like, huh. Well, that's what I said. I was like, huh. Okay. So this is at least raising a brow. What is this about? So I watched the trailer and I just want to put out there to say to everyone, nobody is getting an Academy Award for their acting abilities in the show. I mean, it's not only D-list actors, I don't even know what letter there it is in the app, but it's no one you would know if that was okay. what you're going to ask. Not like I would know anybody even on the A-list, but I understand what you're saying. You're not going to know anyone. Acting, no one's getting an award for most dramatic or most moving or anything like that because the acting was a zero. But that being said, if you're looking for like a quick fix, soft porn... Basically, oh, okay. that's kind of what it was. Okay. Uh, this is your show, sex slash life. A uh, lot of tits, a lot of ass, a lot of great abs. I mean, some serious six and eight packs. Ooh. Um, hot, steamy. But again, I I need to tell you, like the unpolishedness of the acting was just not good acting. Okay. And the storyline. Let's talk about the storyline. And I think the reason I'm bringing it up is because maybe it could to the prevalence of a seven-year itch or when you're married and you're oh, a suburbanite. I see, I see and where you're going age. with this. Okay. Right. Okay. So I'm just going to give you the premise and then you can like dive into like the psychology of how that potentially may affect or not people in the real world, right? Okay. The long-winded Rotten Tomatoes review here, okay? okay. The summary or the Siskel and Ebert, I should say. Oh. Is girl from Georgia, when she's old enough to move away from home, she moves into New York City and she's literally living like the New York City life. She's partying like a rock star. She has this roommate slash best friend who they're both actually, they're in college, I think at Columbia. So they're smarty pants. 
but okay. they also are party pants. You know, they, <laughs> they definitely know how to throw it down when they close the textbooks. And okay. as a matter of fact, Dr. Boca, their field of uh, education is psychology. They're studying oh, to be psychologists. Yeah. Okay. So they work hard during the day and then they play crazy hard at night. And they're music lovers. So they're groupies, I should say, following a lot of music downtown, so on and so forth. So they're living that high party life in New York City, which who doesn't love a little reminiscent life of that, right? Absolutely. So the main character, who's absolutely stunning, knockout, don't ask me what her name is because she's a no-namer. So she falls for a guy who owns a record label and they have this one-night stand and anyone would. If you saw his apartment, his apartment is like next level. Like I'll have a one night stand with you too if you want. And he's gorgeous, not to mention. That doesn't hurt. So anyway, fast forward. And by fast forward also, I should point out, there's a lot of back and forth and back and forth. Current life and flashbacks and making comparisons. Because her current life now is that she has fast forwarded all these years. She's now settled down and she's married. She lives in the suburbs, somewhere in Connecticut, Greenwich, I think. And she's got two of the most gorgeous children you've ever seen in your life. She's got a husband that if you were to write on paper, every characteristic and attribute you'd be looking for, this guy is just tied up in a bow. Not to mention he's easy on the eyes too. Okay. okay. I was going to ask that. Yeah, no, absolutely stunning. He's another knockout. And to which she even points out as she narrates in the beginning that she can't, eat, she herself can't even find anything wrong with her husband. Like he's never been caught in a lie. He's never looked at another woman. He is just the epitome of like... Is it Fiction. too good to be true? I, I don't know. But <laughs> nevertheless, they have this beautiful little life, seemingly so, of course. But what happens is, and I'll try to edit myself here through this, is that she finds herself fantasizing about this old boyfriend of hers from eight years ago. This uh, record label guy, big you know, hotshot in New York City, where they were really living this adventurous, incredibly sexual and sensual life and just fucking at every turn. I mean, no matter what the scenario was, they are just going at it in private, in public, in alleyways, in restaurants, and just, I mean, wow, right? Good for them. Um, yeah. So there's a lot of that. So that's fun to watch for sure. Absolutely. Uh, but what happens is she starts to... The lines get skewed a little bit because she's missing out. We come to recognize as the viewers that this perfect little Connecticut life of hers, everything is phenomenal with the exception of she's missing out on that real spice and sex and love and lust. And and granted, she's had kids and maybe that's just the transition in their marriage, but she alludes to the fact that she hasn't been touched in a while. And that's a downer, right? Absolutely. So as she starts fantasizing more and more and more, of course, because it's a TV show, so we've got to package this all up. Lo and behold, she runs into... The boyfriend from eight years ago. Of course okay. she does. Of course she does. Because because how could she not? It, there wouldn't be drama and excitement if he lived in Wyoming and <laughs> she didn't remember his name. And they wouldn't have even had a shot to get off at the de-acting list if exactly. all of this didn't happen. So the long and the short, and I won't give anything away really, because again, remember, this is not winning any big awards here, folks. But it'll keep you intrigued just from like certainly the sex perspective. I mean, who doesn't want to watch a little soft porn here and there, right? But the husband, okay, this perfect little buttoned up husband of hers catches wind because he reads her journal. 
Oh, and the funny thing is, she was this. writing about it. But the thing that I think is so funny because it's so like 2021, her journal wasn't like in like a little book that she uses a number two Ticonderoga pencil and like stores in like her drawer in her closet or in her nightside table or whatever. It's on her laptop. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> okay. So again, remember, this is not, you know, Marty Scorsese here. Okay? okay. This is, this is, I don't even know who produced this thing and directed <laughs> it. So the guy, the husband reads the journal. He goes batshit crazy, but he loves her and he's trying and he wants to spice it or whatever. So there's a lot of arcs. There's a lot of ups and downs. There's a lot of sex. And the reason I bring it up, I guess... I was going is, to ask. Because okay, the ending is... I don't want, won't even give it away because it's just so stupid. But I but, have to watch it, so don't yeah, give it well, away. Yeah, well, I'm not. And I'm not going to give it away. But I think the broader stroke here that we can kind of dive into a little bit is even though the acting was a zero and the porn was hardly Pornhub or, you know... <laughs> whatever those sites are. Um, Pornhub is actually my site of choice. But doesn't it speak to... <laughs> you're laughing. <laughs> doesn't it speak to that maybe seven-year itch thing? That when you are happily married... And this was the psychology part of it. That the irony is, is that the lead character, who of course I got to just throw in too, she gave up her career to move out of the city and to be a wife and to raise children. And that was their agreement and blah, 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 blah. Can you have it all? Was really the essence of this, you know, cockamamie soap opera on Netflix. And if you have 85% of all the things you want, but you're lacking that 15%. Mm-hmm. Now, in this case, the 15% was the lust and the sex and all that hot, steamy stuff that you probably don't get from your cookie cutter house and taking your kids to nursery school every day. Is that enough? I mean, we could dive in. I'm going to be quiet and kind of just let you take the rein from here and let me know. I mean, mean, that's such a loaded question. I guess, I mean, I hate this answer because I hate it when people give me this answer, but it depends, right? It depends on where your priorities are, what's most important to you. If it's the image of the house and the kids and the picket fence and the little puppy dog sitting in the grass driving the Mercedes or, you know, Range Rover, whatever the case may be, I think we would all be surprised by if we peeked into the house where the intimacy and where the connection is sometimes. And that's not to say that there aren't families that do have the best of both worlds. There are also the ones that are, you know, in the city doing their thing, gave up the kids, didn't have the kids, didn't have a husband and enjoy that. And they're going to say eventually, maybe that got old for them. It could be anywhere in between those. Do people have it all? I don't think there's anything called perfection. You know, we've talked about this. I hate the word perfection. I don't think there is anything that's perfect out there. But I think it's also where people's tolerance are and where they are in life and what they want and how past attachments in their life play out in current life situations and who that partner is with them. And if there's stuff that's positive that's working out in the relationship, that stuff that's negative working out in the relationship, how self-aware people are, what people are willing to confess and not confess to their partners in terms of their needs. So it's such a loaded question. Okay. So basically you didn't answer the question. I, but because no, I, know, I know. I'm just I'm just, you know, sticking it to you a little bit. Yeah, what, okay. what's interesting though, because the lead character is also coming from a place of psychology and getting her doctorate to practice. What's interesting, at least to me, and I giggle when I say it because like, what's interesting? The show was like a <laughs> D-rated show. But I'm sitting, oh, well, what was very interesting, I found 
profound doing, about we're, it. We're doing a whole podcast I on know, the degraded show, I, just I know, putting that I out know. there too. Okay. Listen, we're unpolished. What can I uh, tell you? I, but maybe it, this would be a very, very good time to just throw out this disclaimer to everyone. <laughs> Remember, this is not real therapy at all. We're protecting Dr. Boca and her real practice. And right now, we're just kind of getting down and dirty. And like, you know, daytime dramas, we've kind of kicked those to the curb when we were teenagers. And now we're into like Netflix soap operas or whatever. And oh, this boy. really was like, as my grandmother would have said, like a boba mice. It was just <sighs> silly, but it was entertaining. And I guess that's also the point. It kind of just filled a little bit of excitement. And who doesn't want to watch a little hot sex here and there? Like that's fun, right? Yeah. Voyeurism that people like. Sure. Um, but what I was going to say about the psychology piece of it is that... And guys out there, I mean, am I really giving anything away? Come on. Again, watch it if you want. But you got to let me say a little bit here as to the different tropes of the series. But she speaks to the fact that the guy, this this boyfriend of hers that she had had in her youth when life was just living large and having sex all the time and partying and all of that and having that passion and lust and what she believed to be love, when that kind of got shot to shit, Right. I mean, I'm not giving that away. She's married now, eight years later, to somebody else. But the somebody else that she's married to, that while he is this perfect Ken doll, he was everything that the boyfriend wasn't. wasn't. Right. And I think a lot of people will say that after the breakup that was like devastating to them or whatever the case may be, they go for the safe, they Mm -hmm. go for the familiar, they go for the tried and true, or they go for the antithesis of the one that broke their heart or whatever the case may be. And that's a very common story, a very common pattern that people get into. And it sounds like this guy, this perfect guy, was not only perfect in looks and whatever, but for her was the perfect person at that point. Sure. In safety and and for future grounding and so on and so forth. And we come to see, but here's the thing, and this is the part that maybe we talk about relative to what we have at our fingertips now, right? So Mm -hmm. let's just say, let's, I mean, Netflix, schmeck, Netflix, right? Like, let's just put that to the side for a minute. So now we live in a world where people get, for whatever their reasons are, they had their past and now they're in their present, right? Mm -hmm. And now their present is seemingly fine. And you know how I feel about fine. Like, yeah, it's fine. You know, that's code for like, it's not really that fine. But I'm living the life and I'm doing the thing and I have kids and it's good good enough. enough. It's good good enough. enough. And then all of a sudden you get a ding on Facebook. You get a message or on Instagram, someone says, oh my God, did you hear about so-and-so? And that so-and-so potentially was an old boyfriend or a flame or a hookup or whatever, someone that you had pines for a zillion years ago when that was okay. I mean, that pining was allowed, right? Right. But now here you are in, in your current world and you're a wife or a husband, for that matter, you know, reverse it back the other way sure. for the fellas out there. You have kids and you get jolted, right? All of a sudden, yeah. you have like this pit in your stomach and all you were doing was driving down the street, right? And then right. the next thing you know, innocent. right? Now you've actually are meeting at the corner of Audacity and Vice <laughs> because the car crashed and you didn't even expect it. You didn't plan for it. And like, then what? All of the rush of emotion and memory and maybe also, and I'm speculating here, but maybe the floodgate of memories where it's very easy to remember the good memories. We forget the bad stuff, right? Mm -hmm. We forget why it ended in the first place because as we all know, I mean, if if it wasn't broken, it wouldn't be over, right? Right. You only fix something if it's broken. So we push that to the wayside because now we're intrigued and we're enthralled and it's something new and it's exciting and it's a little naughty, right? Mm -hmm. 
So then what do you do? And in this D-rated movie that I got sucked into, this girl, the lead character, I really don't think that that she was trying to fuck it all up, for right, lack wasn't, of a better word. She wasn't trying to blow up her entire life as it stood. Yeah. Look, I think that, again, I always come back to social media being a problem, right? Yeah. A lot of this, you never had access to before. Exactly. A lot of of the couples that I see, this it's social media. That's the impetus? It's social media and the connections. So like if they go, like you said, a ding because did you hear about or somebody updating them or they decide, oh, I'm going to friend this person just to follow them. And you can't see my air quotes, but just to follow them and see what's going on. Also, Coworkers. That's another big catalyst. People that they start working on projects with or closely with in the office because it's time away. Those are usually the two biggest catalysts that I see in, in my practice. But again, it's with no bad intention, right? Like that was never it. And what usually happens is that attention isn't being paid to the relationship. You go into it very honestly. You're at work. You don't expect to have this situation. But what happens is in the relationship that you have at home that's seemingly perfect, it isn't perfect. That person is working all day, every day. It's not showing you the attention that you're needing. Or the wife is doting on her children and not giving the love and affection and the care that she used to give to the husband. Or... It's just anger and resentment has built up because their life has changed over time, right? And here comes this person that brings them back to a time in their life with little responsibility. Somebody notices them. Somebody shows attention to them. And we get caught up in those very positive feelings that are natural endorphin endorphin makers, I guess, or releasers in us. And we take that to mean that that's going to be something that is going to be better than what it is that we have. And very quickly, we forget all the, not only good, but all the bad, right? So the bad of what was in that first relationship, if it was a previous somebody, or the bad that could happen in the office that you only know this person in an office setting, you don't know what their real life is outside, or the good that you have in your marriage, potentially, that you won't have with this person because it's a fling or it's something that's naughty or or something like that, even though it's enticing. So I think that we have to, as married people or people in couples or people with families, we have to put the emphasis back on the relationship because that so quickly diminishes when we have children or we get caught up in the world of trying to be successful and working and trying to produce more and more and more and more and more. We, and I think this is the main thing, we take for granted that which we have. And we always say the grass is greener. Is it? Well, don't they say the grass is only greener where you water it? Oh, I never knew that part of the expression. I just always thought that the grass was always greener. That's like the way that well, I that phrase. Well, no, they, well, no, no, no. I'm not. I'm not diminishing that phrase. Of course, oh, okay. people say, "Oh, the, gra- the grass is always greener." Right. And I okay. think the follow up to that is, well, actually, and this is like I'm putting my grown up hat on now because oh. basically, what you said, like we we have to grow up, right? So the grown up response to that is. The grass isn't. We all know the grass isn't green. Right. The grass is only oh. greener where you water it, where Got you it. pay your attention to. I was not paying attention to that when you said it. You weren't growing up. You weren't being a grown up. I was not being a grown up. I was not watering. I was not doing anything. But yes, it's where we put our attention to. And if people would put as much attention into the relationship that they're in versus pursuing the fantasy or the old stuff resurrecting itself, 
I think we would see a lot less. Now, that doesn't mean that we don't outgrow people. It doesn't mean that we find people that radiate chemistry better than the people that we're with. But oftentimes, it's really about the attention and watering. And so let me ask you this. And I agree with that. You know, obviously, easier said than done, probably, when people find themselves in these type of corners, right? But what about just as you get older and you want to be that grown up and you want to be the great spouse and you want to be the great parent, but you also want to maintain that spice of life in a routine that potentially falls into more of the mundane category. Is it okay? And I I ask you this as the doctor in the room. Mm -hmm. Is it okay to still have those fantasies? There's nothing wrong with writing in your journal. I mean, Potentially, it should be for your eyes only. Right. But right. If, wouldn't that then be the, the healthy route to either get it out or to share with your partner, hey, yeah. and maybe I'm being very utopian. I don't know, it, it, utopian that, like, mm-hmm. you know, hey, husband, hey, wife, I'd like to talk to you tonight about how I've been fantasizing about my ex partner from 11 years ago or eight years ago or whatever, because you're just not doing it for me anymore in the bedroom. Right. Right. That's hard. I can't imagine that conversation. No, that doesn't go over so well. But look, you will see in relationships where there's honest communication and open communication, not all bearing communication, but honest and open communication about needs, wants, and desires with their partner. You will see that that typically creates a much better relationship all the way around, both in emotional intimacy, physical intimacy, quality and quantity of sex, pleasurableness or pleasure of sex and the like. Right. What's interesting is, and again, I cannot say enough that this was derated here. Okay. This movie is just pathetic, but we're sitting here talking about it. So I'm going to keep going with it. That I do credit this husband, this kind of more straight laced in Mm -hmm. the bedroom, even though he's top dog in the boardroom, I credit him with at least trying. Once he found out about all this, I have to tell you, and I don't talk to a lot of men about this type Mm -hmm. of stuff, but there was a part of me that was like, you know what? Good for him. I mean, how bruised is your ego that now here you are, you're working your tail off, you are succeeding at that, Mm -hmm. you are providing, and you are certainly easy on the eyes. I mean, his looks aesthetically are, I mean, A++++, but maybe he isn't this romantic Rico Suave that the wife had been fantasizing about and what that had to do to his ego. And he did try. He definitely tried without giving away like the big plot twist or anything. However, it didn't necessarily go as plans, which as a viewer, you laugh here and there. But I don't know. I was cringing a little bit because there was some over-trying going on. And could that be a problem also? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, look, this is when we, meaning the therapists in the world, are usually the greatest resource that you can have. Because sometimes hearing something from your partner as direct or as um, deeply ego-wounding as you kind of suck in bed and I want better is... Something that you want to say with a third party who can help formulate and rephrase and um, reframe and speak it in a way that doesn't come off as even more ego bruising, but in a way that you can use that to, like this gentleman did, fuel an attempt 
or fuel the understanding where the person's coming and we can process those feelings of his ego being wounded and what really the wife is looking for and asking for or vice versa. I'm just using the scenario that you played, but it could be the other way where the man is not as satisfied as the woman or in same-sex couples, it could be one partner versus the other. But the idea being is having that third party there can help give you the language and help facilitate the communication in a more productive way. So I guess I have a question, totally an aside, when you were married, was there a partner or a previous boyfriend or somebody, not necessarily that you wanted to reconnect with, but that entered your head or that, you know, in the good times and the bad times, not only, you know, the bad times, but the good times also that just like kind of resurfaced and you're kind of like, huh, what's that about? Yeah. And I think I'd be a liar if I said, no, Dr. Boca, absolutely not. Because we're human beings and we have heart. And we're living, right? So yeah, I had a boyfriend from a million years ago who were in touch. But I always say life events, right? Marriages, divorces, births, and deaths. That's pretty much it, right? Mm -hmm. So when you get a text message or a quick phone call or something on a birthday, I would say over the last several years, even when I was married... Most of the time, it would go to voicemail, but it was just so nice to hear the voice or and then I would reciprocate back or vice versa if someone died, God forbid, but absolutely, you would want to reach out. So yeah, I, of course, you, there's always people that you think about from your past. As a matter of fact, I think I once relayed a story on air, my ugly Betty moment, when after all these years, I'm down in Florida and I see a guy that I used to hang around with. Now, this wasn't like a real boyfriend boyfriend, but definitely someone that I was smitten with and taken and certainly attracted to. And I see him out of nowhere because also it was so out of context. We're in a different state. It's all these years later. I hadn't given this guy a thought in years. And all of a sudden, there he was. And the next thing I knew, I mean, you're asking the question, did I think about him? My entire pocketbook fell apart you know, <laughs> right. in public and I have tampons flying all over <laughs> and I can't even stream a sentence. So the answer is yes, of course. And then it takes some time to kind of work through that. Now, in that scenario, I remember I was so flustered that anyone could have called my bluff. I remember going home and saying to my husband at the time, oh my God, you're not going to believe this because it was so unbelievable. He didn't even know the guy, but I needed to spew it out. Now, over the course of years, are there other boyfriends or people from my past that have kind of crept up here and there because of Facebook or as you say, social social media. media. And yeah, obviously there would be, at least for me, there was nothing that crossed the line so horribly, but there is something igniting I guess, about reconnecting with a past. And it doesn't always have to lead you down such an unpolished road, right? Exactly, yeah. But to be able to touch base and share stories and memories, I mean, there's something really cool about that. I'll tell you another story and then I'll let you jump in. And this is actually, it doesn't always have to lead down the bedroom road, right? Correct. Many years ago, my family and I, we went up to New Jersey. It was my dad's birthday. My folks had rented a house for the month or a couple of weeks or whatever it was. And we all came up and my kids were little. I was married and I was taking the kids out to dinner. I knew the area, but I guess we had kind of gotten a little lost and I pulled up somewhere and I wasn't sure where I was. And there was a bunch of kids playing outside and I rolled down the window. We were going to ask for directions. And I said to the woman, I'm like, do you know how to get to and wherever the place was? So she answered and whatever. And I'm looking at her and I'm like, I know you. How do I know you? Wait, the the 100% true story. How do I know you? How do I know you? Lo and behold, because Facebook, all that existed back then. Sure enough, it was the wife 
of a guy that I grew up with who was such a good friend. And oh I'm now, con- and I had never met the wife because I had moved away already and he and I had lost touch, but then reconnected peripherally on mm-hmm. Facebook. But I knew enough about their world to recognize the wife. And I'm like, oh my God. That's and crazy. so now I'm like, do you know who I am? <laughs> and she's like, yeah, no. you're nuts. <laughs> you're fucking crazy, lady. I don't know anything. So I introduced myself. Oh my God, I'm a friend of your husband. And oh, so they—it was her. It was their house. He so the husband now comes outside. We had this crazy reunion. Oh my god, I can't believe it. Blah 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 blah. And sure enough, that was such a cool memory lane. Same trip. Ready? Same trip. Same trip. Driving down the road with my two kids in the car and like little car seats. My husband was driving and all of a sudden, hand to God, okay? God is my witness and you see me on Zoom with my yep, hands I up. I see you. I'm like, oh my God, there's John, my ex-boyfriend from oh childhood, okay? God. I'm like, Andy, you have to pull over. We, I have to say hello, okay? Sure enough, we pull over. He's outside. He's in the landscaping business, whatever. And he's mowing someone's lawn. Or oh, doing his work, and I and give him a big hug, and oh my god, and and it, I mean, it was awkward. I am not going to pretend that it wasn't. It <laughs> was, but there was no way with my personality no that way. I was going to miss the mark on saying hello and introducing him to like my new crew here, right. <laughs> like all these like years what I've gotten to from leaving yeah, you. So what I got, but, to. but it was so heartwarming, and that guy, that boyfriend, who was a real big part of my life for a very long time. We are in touch. Holidays, mm-hmm. birthdays, right. divorce, death, milestone moments, right? I do think that that's important. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. No, that's a connection not- to your past. And I think that that's really healthy. I believe in serendipity, right? And that was serendipitous that you saw him and you can create those relationships. And that's what I wanted to put out to... That's why I asked you this question to our listeners that like, it's okay to be in contact with some of your exes, right? For the birthdays, the holidays, the stroll down memory lane, the, oh my God, I'm going to be in the city. I would love to just catch mm-hmm. up, meet your significant other, hear what's going on in your life, where you've been, you know, because there is something to be said about the history that you did share. Now, someone like me wouldn't know if I fell over an ex-boyfriend, literally, like would Why? have... Why because I don't have facial recognition. So oh, like, right. I wouldn't know if I saw somebody on the street and it was like my boyfriend. I would hope I did, but like, really, I wouldn't. So I envy you because I've probably missed a few in my life somewhere, somehow. But I have my college boyfriend for sure, who interestingly, he graduated while he was a fifth year when I was a sophomore. So he graduated like two and a half years before I finished school or two years, I guess. And we didn't have Facebook back then. We didn't have cell phones back then, right? So I didn't keep in touch with him. I had no idea where he was going. And then this Facebook thing came out and he found me or I found him on Facebook. I don't even remember. And, you know, he's living in Wisconsin or Minnesota at the time. And I'm like traveling between New York or Florida. I don't even know where I was living. Maybe I was living in DC. And he was just that kind of person who genuinely just loved and cared about me and just wanted to hear what was going on. He remembered my family. So he was just so lovely. So he and his wife, several, several years later, I think, I mean, I was in my current marriage. So we're talking in the last 15 years, which would be like 20 something years, you know, from when I graduated. Maybe I'm at 30. I don't even know when I graduated college at this point. But he and his wife bought a car online or something. I don't even know you can do such a thing, right? And he was coming down from Minnesota to come pick up the car and drive it back up to Minnesota. And he's like, can we meet for lunch? And I was like, oh my God, yes. 
Like, this is amazing. And so I met him and I met his wife, who was a doll and lovely. And I think I scared the crap out of them because at the end of the day, still from Minnesota and I am still from Boca Raton, Florida. You are not from Minnesota. I am not from Minnesota. I think Boca, I mean, Jeff had been down here. Shout out to Jeff if he's listening. I do know he listened to at least one. And again, it was probably overwhelming to her, probably crazy. And she was probably like, oh my God, like, how did you go from her to me, but that's her process, not mine, right? Um, I was just so happy to see him and so happy to see that he was so happy. And it just like brought joy to me, never to be anything more than a birthday phone call or a shout out on Facebook or a, oh my God, I'm so sorry that somebody passed away. And I love that he's a part of my life in that way. So I I think it's great. I think those are important relationships. Even my ex-husband, I mean, he'll, if something comes up, like he threw out the pitch at a baseball game and he knew that I would appreciate that. And it was videotaped because like I would be the only person who might appreciate that other than probably his current wife and his family. So he sent me an email and showed me the video. He shows up to funerals. And if it's somebody's birthday, he's the first person to say happy birthday. I love that. Like, Mm -hmm. I love that. And I literally have not really seen him at all other than at a funeral since we got divorced. But it is still a big part of my life that Mm -hmm. I shared with somebody. But I did have this interesting phenomenon happen to me quite recently. And not for nothing, like, has no bearing on my life whatsoever. But I found this fascinating. So I'm just going to tell you because it probably makes no sense with this podcast, but I have to tell somebody. So there was this guy that I dated while I was looking at graduate schools, I met him through one of my closest friends while we were in Florida. And he has a very famous name. I won't share his name. It's irrelevant, but it is a famous name. He is not famous. Let's put that out there. It was somebody who had a very famous name. It wasn't like I could Google him and he was going to be the first person that showed up, right? Anyway, over the course of the years, I've always wondered whatever happened to him because it was like such a blip on the radar. And I can't even say if the sex was good or bad. I don't remember any of it, really. I just remember certain moments of time in that trajectory where I hung out with him and we had a great time. Don't even know why it ended. That's how small of a blip on the radar it was. But every so often, he'll pop into my mind. And I think part of it was this, I can't find him anywhere. Like, where did he go? Like, what's his story? So I would sometimes ask, you know, my friend, are your parents still friends with them? And she'd be like, I don't know. I'll ask them. And she never asked them. So I didn't know what the status was. I actually even thought that he was friends with a different one of my friends. I couldn't even remember which friend I met him with. Anyway, fast forward. A couple of weeks ago, I wake up and I'm thinking about him. I'm like, okay, he probably hasn't thought about me in 30 years because I was irrelevant and a blip on his radar. Okay, start Googling, can't find, see 8 million with the same name as him. It's not this person. Finally get to somehow, some way I find a LinkedIn profile. And I'm like, hmm, could be him. It could not be him. It kind of looks like him. The eyes might resemble him. I'm taking a shot. And I started reading all of the things. And some of the things were relevant to things that I'd remember, like where he went to law school and things like that. So I was like, oh, okay, I finally found him. So I dig a little bit deeper like you would do. And I come across this business that is the name of the business, like captivated me. So I did some digging on this business. And I, lo and behold, I want to find out who the founding members are of this business because he was a partner in it. Who's the other partner? Like I'm dying to know. I'm Googling, Googling, Googling. The only thing that comes up with is it's a business with his dad. I was like, okay. The shit kicker of the whole thing is the name of the business is my maiden name along with his last name. And I'm Mm. like, and by the way, I don't have the most common maiden name. Like it's not like, I mean, anyone can go on Facebook and find my maiden name. It's not like this is a secret. But I was like, wait, 
That is bizarro. Yeah, right? that's weird. Like that's weird, weird, right? That's like, like Twin Peaks stuff. Right. Like crazy, crazy stuff. And so I'm like, maybe his wife had the same last name, which is still fascinating to me because like nobody spells their last name that way unless they're related to me, literally. I mean, most people cut off certain letters of the name. I just want to know like, is his wife related to me? Where did he come up with this name? And then in my fantasy, I'm like, oh, he never forgot about me. I left such an indelible mark. Meanwhile, the company has two people, him and his father. So it's probably like just a front. And it's probably just, if it had anything to do with me, it's just mocking me. But my imagination has gone wild with this. So what I'm going to ask you, that is wild. And it's definitely kind of witchy. Yeah, it's just weird, especially if he had been on your mind. And then all of a sudden, this is where this story led to. And what I wonder, and I asked the question just for the masses, is at what point do you kind of like diffuse the fantasy of it and like move on to like, somebody else to think about or whatever. Yeah. Like, are we finished here or do we need to now find out or can we put it to bed? And by we, I mean like in general, when people right. have these type of scenarios or do you latch on to it because well, I, you got to hem and haw, then what happens? So I think it's, again, depends on who you are. Like I'm the type of person like, okay, I called my best friends and I'm like, find out from your family whatever happened to this and like what the deal is because she was like, oh my God, this is crazy. I'm like, I know. In terms of, anything other than wanting to just know the situation and what has happened to him. I'm curious, but like, that's it. I don't even remember him, right? But there are other people who maybe they take it and they're like, oh my God, like that was the best sex I've ever had in my entire life. I have to find him now. Like it's obviously in my head. I have to. Other people would be like, oh, forget it. Like it led to a dead end and like I'm done. So it really depends on people's personality styles and what's going on in their relationship. I'm not looking for anything, right? Like I have something and I enjoy what I have and that's it. So I'm not really looking for anything. But there is a part of me that's just curious now. By the way, if that name hadn't surfaced, I wouldn't have given it a second thought. I was more intrigued by the name than the person, which is so sad. But that's how my unpolished head works. Wow. Yeah. Oh my goodness. But one more thing. I just want to throw out one more thing. Yours was a D-rated show, but I do want to give a shout out in terms of the concept of, and this is not a married person. This is nothing like that. This is a, a the concept of a relationship that keeps coming together and moving apart and coming together and moving apart. Because I do think that there's a lot of people in people's lives, and I'm sure our listeners can relate to, that sometimes we are triggered by people that we've had those kinds of relationships with, this coming together. And then if timing was right, you know, if timing would have been better, we might have had something, but it wasn't. So we didn't, but we keep coming back together, falling over your exes or whatever the case may be. There is a show that I found to be so well done based on this concept. It was called Normal People on Hulu. And talk about like amazing acting. And can't even say it was soft porn. It might have actually been like porn. Like maybe not even like allowed on the TVs. Now it's been a while since I've seen the show. But I do think it was exceptional. And it captured the the character so well. And I just... It's based on a book. And it's Sally Rooney's novel. And it is just so well done. And there's only 12 episodes. So I highly recommend it. Okay. I have a question because sure. you, I mean, you had me at porn. I so know. <laughs> I know I did. I know exactly so, what words to use. Okay. To yes. I mean, you. that's my trigger. But my question is because 
you know, TV is also like one of my jams. Is this the one about, are they very young? Is this in like yes. Scotland? In Scotland, or? Amsterdam, Europe, okay. Ireland, one right. place like so that. So I- yeah. Ireland, Ireland, Ireland. Ireland. Yes. Okay, so here's the thing. And I'm going to be honest about this. I tried it because someone had suggested to me a while back, maybe even last year. Okay. okay. They never ever mentioned, you know, that it's very sexy because that I would have remembered that. Okay. What they said though, that it was just such a beautiful story about love, right? And I'm all about that. Okay. Okay. So I started it. Now, I know sometimes you got to give things a little bit more than just one episode, right? But the reason that I bailed, and I'll circle back if it's on your recommendation now, that it's like very sexy, but I want to be honest about the reason that I bailed. The reason that I bailed, A, is that I guess the part I watched was PG. I didn't see anything really sexy at all, but it was so young. If my recollection is yes. correct, they were They're like high school. school. They're high schools, but that's the beauty of it. It's because they come together. It goes through the course of many, many, many years of them coming okay. together and going apart and coming together and going apart. And the evolution, mm-hmm. I mean, like as the psychologist, I find this fascinating, the evolution of the intimacy and the vulnerability in the relationship and them like kind of shedding their naivete. And they were both very withdrawn and not very social people in their social circles. And I remember did, it's coming back to let me. a lot of people into their right, world. Right. And as time went on, how they looked at each other and would like shed that layer of fear with the other person. And as they did, how passionate and intimate the the sex became and the relationship in general just became. It was just such a beautifully done um, you know, you fell for them, you rallied for them, you mm. got mad at one of them when they did the wrong Fucked thing. up. Right. When they did the fucking wrong thing and you sat there and you were like, it was just such a beautiful metamorphosis of a relationship developing, but yet timing was not necessarily right. Or they one was with somebody when the other one wasn't. And I just felt compelled. And it was just such a compelling love story. And I, unlike your rated D version, I felt like this was so, so well done. Yeah, so well done. Like I, and and so I, just the contrast between the two was something that stuck out of my head. And I, I was kind of like, oh my God, that's a lot of sex on the TV screen with younger types of people and how mature these two actors and this actor and actress were to be able to handle that on screen. Mm-hmm. That's kind of why I was pointing it out. Okay, so, totally an aside, well, but we'll, also a recommendation. Well, we'll put it in the repertoire. So, you guys out there, if you want the unpolished version, my reco <laughs> is Sex Slash Life, which is just a whole battery of D-rated acting and hot sex, but soft porn. And if you want Doctor Boca's recommendation, which is clearly a little bit more polished and more well put together, <laughs> it's Normal People on Hulu. Yes. You pick your poison and (laughs) however you get off, you get off, right? (laughs) Yes. And and maybe it's one and then the other, right? Like it's not necessarily... um, Well, there you go. Is 85% enough if you're missing out on that 15%? Right. Can you get it all, right? I mean, right. you never know. And, and, And I think that maybe we should just leave it with that open ended question because... I guess, as you would say, it depends. It depends on who you are. It depends on where you are in your life. It depends on what fulfills you, how you define intimacy on every level. Obviously, we all know intimacy is not just physical. It's only just one layer of intimacy. Wouldn't it be great if you could get 
the in, the physical intimacy, the mental in- intimacy, the emotional intimacy, and you package it all oh, in with yeah. a partner who aesthetically is just beyond pleasing to the eyes and That's whose heart us. is so kind and loving and open and is a family man or woman and just you know, you're living the life of Riley. How amazing would that be? I mean, again, being believers and we believe in luck and all that, let's throw that out to the universe because we can make anything happen if we're unpolished enough to believe the bullshit that's coming out of my mouth. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. I love you, Rachel. I really do. Oh, always fun. Always fun. Always fun, everyone. All right. So keep your fantasies going. Just make sure you don't cross the line that once you cross the, you know, the point of no return or at least be mindful of what those consequences potentially can be, right? Absolutely. Um, and get back to us, listeners. If you have any recommendations on shows that are hot and steamy or that make your mind work a little bit and make you think things through, we always like to hear what you have to say. So as you know, you can email us at unpolishedtherapy at gmail.com. You can find us on all of our social media platforms at Unpolished, be it Facebook or Instagram. Of course, on Twitter, we are at Untherapy. And we're here, Dr. Boca and I, DB, as I like Mm -hmm. to refer to her as. We appreciate you listening in on another Wednesday with us where we've ditched the couch, we've grabbed the mics, and we have broken down some hot and steamy wreckage. (laughs) Absolutely. This was a fun one. I enjoyed this. Thank you. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a wonderful week. Great sesh, girls. Hey, everyone, like what you heard? Then don't miss out on what comes next. Subscribe now and please give the girls a five-star rating. Learn more at www.unpolishedtherapy.com. Find and like them on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We'll see you next week when Rachel Silvercone and Dr. Boca ditch the couch, grab the mic, and break down all the wreckage.